Reverend Deacon talking the third Sunday of Easter. Peter. Let the Spirit come down. Let the Spirit come down. Let the Spirit come down on me to change my life around. Hello, there's a beautiful video at sundaygospel.co.uk showing the late Tiberius that evokes the atmosphere at the meeting of Jesus and Simon Peter. Also, if you go to NASA's Earth Observatory, there's an amazing picture taken from the International Space Station in 2009. The thoughts from Pope Francis were said during his visit to Bulgaria in 2019. And the day was made by the Lord is a Mike Anderson setting of Psalm 117 for Easter Day. Our opening prayer is from Father Don Gergen. Let us once again pray. Lord Jesus Christ, so present to us in history as well as today, eternally present in the life of the Trinity, historically present in our own day. We give you thanks for the gift of your Eucharist. Help us always to see beyond it into your real presence there. Help us to adore you in the midst of the bread and the wine, your sacred body and blood. Amen. Jesus showed himself again to the disciples. It was by the Sea of Tiberias, and it happened like this. Simon Peter, Thomas called a twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two more of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. They replied, we'll come with you. They went out and got into the boat, but caught nothing that night. It was light by now, and there stood Jesus on the shore, though the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Jesus called out, Have you caught anything, friends? And when they answered, No, he said, Throw the net out to starboard and you'll find something. So they dropped the net, and there were so many fish that they could not haul it in. The disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord! these words, it is the Lord, Simon Peter, who had practically nothing on, wrapped his cloak around him and jumped into the water. The other disciples came on in the boat, towing the net and the fish. They were only about a hundred yards from land. As soon as they came ashore, they saw that there was some bread there and a charcoal fire with fish cooking on it. Jesus said, bring some of the fish you've just caught. Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore, full of big fish, 153 of them. And in spite of there being so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples was bold enough to ask, who are you? They knew quite well it was the Lord. Jesus then stepped forward, took the bread and gave it to them. And the same with the fish. This was the third time that Jesus showed himself to the disciples after rising from the dead. After the meal, Jesus said to Simon Peter, 
Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these others do? He answered, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He replied, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said to him, Look after my sheep. Then he said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was upset that he asked him the third time, Do you love me? And said, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. I tell you most solemnly, when you were young, you put on your own belt and walked where you liked. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and somebody else will put a belt around you and take you where you would rather not go. In these words, he indicated the kind of death by which Peter would give glory to God. And after this, he said, follow me. When we come across Peter in chapter 5 of the Acts of the Apostles, he's being warned not to preach in the name of Jesus. We may wonder at this because it wasn't very long ago on Good Friday that we saw him whimpering and heard him denying that he ever knew Jesus. Aren't you another of that man's disciples? asked the maidservant at the door. I'm not, Peter said again and again. Why is it that today he's able to speak boldly to the high priest? Obedience to God comes before obedience to men, and he refuses to be silent about Jesus any longer. What has brought Peter to this new position of certainty and courage? We know the main answer is described in the details of Pentecost Day, yet there is still evidence that Peter had to grow into his leadership position during the build-up to that special outpouring of the gift of the Holy Spirit and that was when he was coming to terms with the resurrection. Immediately after the events of Holy Week Peter had gone back to his old way of life as fisherman on the Sea of Galilee. He'd never really faced up to his total denial of Jesus and although he had seen the empty tomb and there was still an uneasy atmosphere between himself and the Lord. Pope Francis says that the weight of suffering, disappointment and betrayal had become like a stone blocking his heart. He was still burdened with pain and guilt and the good news of the resurrection couldn't take root in his heart. Scripture usually shows the power of Jesus to overcome doubt, fear and disbelief in his followers by speaking their name as a sign of revelation friendship and love. Remember Mary in the garden, Thomas in the upper room, and now Jesus calls out Simon, 
on the shores of the Sea of Galilee as the scent of ozone and the charcoal fire and the grilled fish fills the air. What emotions run through Peter as he hears the Lord say, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Acts reads that Peter was grieved that Jesus had asked him a third time about his ability to love. Then perhaps the penny drops. The unfinished business about his denial of being a disciple can now be laid to rest for good. Is this triple declaration of love enough to counteract the triple denial? I think so. Let's go back to Pope Francis, who now asks us to think what gift we can thank God for every day. He says that the Lord is never outdone in generosity and asks us a simple question. Do you ever consider giving a gift of thanks to the Lord every day? Even if we forget to do so, Francis says, the Lord never forgets each day to give us some special gift. It's not something material and tangible that we can use, but something even greater, a lifelong gift. What does the Lord give us? The gift, he explains, is that he offers us his faithful friendship, which he will never take back. The Lord is a friend forever, even if you disappoint him and walk away from him. Jesus continues to want the best for you and to remain close to you. He believes in you, even more than you believe in yourself. They're wonderful words from Pope Francis, who says this is also the example of the genuine love that Jesus taught to Peter by the shore. While we think of how we might give thanks to the Lord for his gifts of love to us, perhaps there's a clear to be found in today's reading from the book of Apocalypse, or as many prefer, the Revelation of John. This is the unveiling of the risen Jesus to the early church around Turkey, and not necessarily a prediction of future disasters as the films like to show. Jesus is described here as a lamb worthy of great praise as the one who loves us and has freed us. He is the Alpha and the Omega. Bishop Robert Barron puts a great emphasis on this book and, and particularly it being at the end of the Bible it shows how important it is for the church based on resurrection and a church based on new beginnings. The section today shows the vision of John in a heavenly temple. Here he sees the whole of cosmic creation giving perfect praise together as heaven and earth unite. Angels, saints, elders, living creatures and humanity all praising and worshipping the Lamb together one big family joining in a heavenly song of praise. He says this could be all about the Mass. What, what do we hear just before we're invited to Holy Communion? 
Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Life in the early church, described by Luke in the Acts of the Apostles, shows that believers were holding fast to the Apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread and to communion. This description of the early church, it invokes something of the Mass, I think. The Catechism of the Catholic Church states that the Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life and the title Eucharist is because it is an action of thanksgiving to God. The Masses are joining in with this vision of heaven given to John in the book of Revelation. The purpose is to praise and give thanks to God. Perhaps in that somewhere we can find an answer to Pope Francis when he says, do you ever think about giving some thanks every day for the gift of love? to me in spiritual communion. Send your body and blood gushing through my veins. Send your love into my heart, my soul, my mind. Lift me up to your bosom and infuse me with your divine love. Amen. Today's meditation exercise is from a children's liturgy. Get comfy. Sit very, very still. 
turn your ears off. Stop listening to things in the room or outside. Shut your eyes. Feel the breath coming in and out of your body. Breathe in. Breathe out. Feel the quiet coming into your body. What else is inside you? Can you feel how special you are? How good? Can you feel how strong you are? Strong enough to do anything. Special enough to be Jesus' friend. Can you feel the Holy Spirit giving you all that strength and goodness? God's lights will never leave us. God's Holy Spirit will never leave us. The gift of friendship and love from Jesus is given to you each day. This day was made by the Lord. Breathe in. Let's open our eyes and shout Alleluia as loudly as we possibly can to say thank you to God. Alleluia. Let the Spirit come down. Let the Spirit come down. I need to change my life around. Let the Spirit come down. Let the spirit come down. Let the spirit come down. I need to change my life around.